If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We sure do talk about them, and we rank them as well. That's what we're doing on this, the fourth episode of the Lilith Fair 40, the season-long endeavor in which Sarah and I, with your help, the listeners, will be ranking the 40 most Lilith Fair songs of all time. And, of course, our final rankings will be chiseled in stone for all generations to come to observe and treat as dictates. I think that just about says it. I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and with me, as always, is my crispity, crunchity, peanut buttery co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. Mm, Delicious. Hello. So, Sarah, do you want to give us uh, the hot rundown of who we're going to be discussing today? Absolutely. Uh, Rounding out the top 20, the first half of the Lilith Fair 40 are Dido. Here with me, Mary Chapin Carpenter, he thinks he'll keep her, Dion Ferris, I know, Macy Gray, I try, and Sarah McLaughlin, I will remember you. Just when you think that maybe an episode is going to be slightly easier to rank, uh, you know, someone comes in and Bigfoots the whole thing. Uh, Mark, can you tell the listeners who are new or may have forgotten a little bit about how the points assignments work in this endeavor of ours? Yes. So the song that I think this week is the most Lilith Fair out of our entire group of 20 songs will get 20 points from me. The song that I think is think is the second most Lilith will get 19 points from me all the way down the line until my 20th place song gets one point. The same thing will happen with Sarah, who will rank the songs accordingly, and we will be tallying listener votes to get a ranking that gives our listeners a voice in this competition. Now, listeners, that means that, yes, you are eligible to, able to, invited to, encouraged to vote every week. You can do so at patreon.com slash mastas, M-A-S-T-A-S, All you have to do is sign up for a free Patreon account to vote in our polls. But if you are a paid patron, which we hope you will be because we do lots of fun things together, you will get access to the polls early as well as all sorts of other fun things. But eventually every poll does go open to the public, patreon.com slash mastis. 
And without further ado, Sarah, I think it's time to feel a little sad, but in sort of an electro way. Yeah. Um, yes, let's, uh, let's go to the English Heaths, shall we? <laughs> um, I am glad that you and our listeners are here with me. And that is the first song that we are contemplating today. It is by Dido. Here is a clip. Uh, I had forgotten until doing my research for this episode that, uh, and here we are again at the Lilith Fair slash WB Nexus. This was the theme song to Roswell, the original Roswell. Was on, it? Uh, the WB Network. Um, the minute I read that, I was like, oh, yes, of course. Of course it was. Did I have a crush on Brendan Fair on that show? Yes. I don't like admitting that. But um, this is a safe space, as we've been saying. Um, I don't know how long it had been since you heard any Dido, but I, first of all, I really struggle to pronounce it Dido and not Dido because classics minor. Um, I had not heard any Dido in ages. Um, and it was not like a, you know, where, where has she been? What have I been doing with my playlist kind of thing? But it was like, oh yeah, like I understand why this was popular um i remember why i enjoyed that um and i'm gonna make sure that it gets onto some more recent playlists for my hashtag old lady walks um but as for its lilithosity uh, there's definitely less lilithy stuff in my opinion but this is a little too produced and pretty and W-B-E, like once you imagine, um, oh my God, why can't I remember the actor's name? Sherry, not Stringfield, the star of Roswell. And you imagine, and like the, you know, the night sky and all these, you know, pretty poorless people having pretty alien problems in the desert, including Katherine Heigl. Oh my God. Um, it, it's just too... Sometimes I feel like non-North Americans don't quite don't quite land in the in the center of of this for me. So this was my thirteenth place song. Eight points. Yeah, I'm right there with you in that. I am happy to be reminded of Dido because I got the album that this song was on. Uh, no Angel, and it was really good. And I'm reminded that I also really loved a song called The Hunter that was on that album. I haven't listened to that uh -huh. in ages. And of course, her song Thank You, which was a top 10 hit, then became the chorus for Eminem's song Stan, which is a song uh -huh. about an obsessive, murderous fan. And mm -hmm. that song gave us the slang term to stan, as in to stan for someone, is to be mm -hmm. an obsessive fan, obviously without the murderous undertone of the song. So Dido, in her way, is still in the culture all the time, but in a very non- 
uh, but in a very indirect way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, yes, I had forgotten. And then I also was reminded of the song White Flag. Do you remember that song of hers? I, I love that go. song. Yeah. Yeah. I love that song, too. That being said, I agree with you that the music here is not very Lilith to my ears either. In fact, she falls closer on the spectrum to a Beth Orton, who we considered and then did not even include in this season. Right. And I think that, like, in the same way that everything but the girl and those other sort of British electro-folk bands are great, but just aren't very Lilith-y, I feel that way about her, about Dido as well. Yeah, my note said Dusty Spring Foe, and that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of where it is. Like, it's just a little too, I don't know, like there's a balance between aural lilithosity and lyrical lilithosity, and this just sort of, I don't know, it's tipped much more towards that like indie songstress side of the scale versus... Versus the folk. Yeah, I don't know. Just not quite there. It's. I think it's got something to do with the feeling of immediacy, at least in my mind in this moment. And songs like this create a certain, uh, put a certain gauzy curtain between you and the emotional experience. Mm, yeah. Because the production is so lush that you can you can sink into it in a way that doesn't make you feel the feelings immediately. Whereas... A song like Galileo that we were talking about last week, that song is buoyant and bright, but there also is a closeness in the way it was recorded so that the voices are right there with you. And you don't have to go through the heath, as it were, um, Mm. and you don't have to watch Manderley burning down to get to this song, (laughs) to get to the content of the song. So I would say that that is that's we're we're carefully aligned here sarah and you put the song in 13th place you said yes and i put the song in 14th place with 7 points and the listeners put the song in 12th place with 9 points so okay. everybody is all in three ducks in a row on that one pretty dido's all in a row now next we've got "He Thinks He'll Keep Her," a number two country radio hit for Mary Chapin Carpenter that was also nominated at the Grammys for Song of the Year, which is an award that goes to the songwriter. I love this song. I love Mary Chapin Carpenter. I think Sarah, this is the first time we've ever spoken of her on our show. I think so. Um, we'll have a link in the show notes to Emily St. James's uh, write up for the AV Club. They used to have this series called. Um, I forget the name of it, but it was like uh, just a song that the writer knew well that they wanted to unpack a little bit. And the comments on this, there were like 300 comments, one of which referred to he thinks he'll keep her and Mary Chapin Carpenter generally in this era as, quote, early 90s mom music. Um, I don't disagree and I don't care for this song or its subject. But let's hear a clip because does that affect how Lilithy I think it is? Perhaps not. As you heard (laughs) in my comments for Cornflake Girl, let's hear a clip. Don't love 
Okay, here is my issue with this song. Um, Arlie, it's fine. Seems kind of standard. I think it might be suffering in my esteem from the fact that um, we have heard this done after this song enough times that you may forget. It's like the focus pull in uh, Citizen Kane. It's like, big whoop. Like, oh, he invented that. Um, But here's my issue. Um, I think that this this um story which is you know a wife and stay-at-home mother thinks that that's not enough anymore fine sympathetic but uh and you hear that sort of evolution of her dissatisfaction in the verses fine great uh and that image of her sitting with his packed suitcase and just kind of i mean apparently these two things are not necessarily linked in the narrative but in my mind she packs his suitcase and is just waiting there staring into space until he gets home and then she's like i changed the locks beat it maybe that's not right but that image of her just sitting in their bedroom with that suitcase like here we go is you know very evocative but then the chorus is he thinks he'll keep her, which is a reference to an old like Geritol commercial from the 70s. Like, my wife does all this stuff for me. I think I'll keep her. Ha ha. This little woman has a certain value and transactionally in what she does for me so that I don't have to fucking clean my own toilets. Anyway, I, I think the chorus is um, the chorus is like clocking the husband and we have like no evidence we have no evidence that he's any more of a shithead than any other guy like there's dissatisfaction with her life and then there's her not loving him anymore and being like you know you suck because you're a sexist who assumes that I'm just always going to be here to clean up after you and press your pants i don't think that is sufficiently correlated and we're supposed to sympathize with this not narrator, but like the subject of the song. And she just, she just seems kind of like a cipher to me. So lyrically, I have some, I have some issues with things emotionally lining up. With that said, I think this is incredibly of its time. I think this is very Lilithy subject matter. I think despite being sort of big hat-esque in its sound, I think that it's a very sort of to have that country flavor is very Lilithy. Um, I think Mary Chapin Carpenter as a creative force is very Lilithy. So I had this in fifth place with 16 points, despite really not needing to hear the song again and feeling like n- narratively, I have notes. Huh. I think that Mary Chapin Carpenter might be one of those artists that we feel differently about partly because of who we are, but also partly of because of where we're from. Because for me in 1992, when the album come on, come on was released, which features this song, Mary Chapin Carpenter was the type of country music that a hipper, younger person like I fancied myself to be could agree on with people who liked country music because Right. Though she was on country radio, she definitely always had a little sardonic edge that made her feel like she really belonged in the folk scene, which is where her career ultimately took her anyway. 
And then right. she had other songs on that album that were more country rock. And anyway, so there, I was, I was sort of built. I, I sort of grew up with a built-in affection for her. But I also, I have to say, I think that this album is just impossible for me to think about objectively because it was the cassette that my dad and I listened to on the drive to seventh grade every day. So right. this album is just baked into who I am. I have heard this album so many times. I know every vocal Philip of every song. That said, I did in college write a paper about why I think this song is so effective <laughs> narratively. So we also disagree on that level. I actually really like the fact that for me, she is, there is no great reason that she has to leave. And it's really just about the fact that sometimes the car runs out of gas and you have to keep walking. And it's not about him being an asshole so much as it's, he doesn't notice her. She's not happy and everybody loses here. And I think there's something very, for me, quite lovely about how quotidian it all is it's not that he's a jerk it's just like she doesn't love him anymore and he didn't pay attention well i mean and i think that sort of taking up for this person or this person like uh, any person in this situation who like there isn't any quote unquote good reason like you don't love him anymore is enough of a reason yeah but then a reason is implied in the title of the song that the reference to that Geritol ad, like that he is a, you know, at best takes her for granted. Like there's, there's just a little bit of a disconnect there that I think the song is like maybe a little prouder of itself for closing the loop in a way that it does not do. Hmm. I mean, fair enough. I hear what you're saying. I do not agree. That is fine. It is not Mark and Sarah always completely agree about songs. That's true. That would be a terrible acronym. Um, that said, I also do think this song is quite Lilithy in its subject matter, in its sound, and in the fact that it is uh, built on a chorus of women singing together. And you uh-huh. better bet your sweet bippy that the Indigo Girls are backing vocalists. I don't know if they're on this song, but they are on this album. So... This is where uh, this well, is the that- video is like Emmy Lou Harris. Yes, like there's a there's a lot of people. So yeah, it's like Mary Chapin Carpenter and fifty women all singing the harmonies at the end of the song. So yeah. I mean, does that is there a more Lilithy idea than that? No, no. So you put it in fifth. The listeners put it in eleventh, but I put it all the way up in second place this week. Do I think it's going to stay there for long? No. But this week, I just had to give a shout out to the big lady parade that is this song <laughs> and Mary Chafin Carpenter more generally. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, I will say, going to our next song, I have always said it Dion Ferris, but is it Dion Ferris? I don't know. Oh. Well, either it's, way. <laughs> it's Ms. Ferris. M- Ms. Ferris. She Ms. was. Ferris. She was the featured vocalist on Arrested Development's song, Tennessee. So mm-hmm. you might remember the part, Won't you help me take me home? That's Dion, for now, Ferris, uh, singing there. And then shortly after she left her 
association with Arrested Development, she released the album Wild Seed, Wild Flower, which I bought and listened to obsessively. I mean, when I say again, the music in this season is the music that I like listen to constantly. I'm not lying. I loved this album. And for a while there, Sarah, when I was a sophomore in high school, I know which peaked at number four on the Hot 100 was my absolute favorite song. I always had to have one. And for many months, it was this. So here's a clip from I Know. This song is is and remains a banger. So good. I uh, mean, the, the very definition of a bop, if you ask me. <laughs> I it really is. And there is such strong listen boo-boo energy here that I will never turn this song off. I will never not have at least one hand in the air waving <laughs> it like I deeply care. Um I was delighted to listen to this like four times ostensibly to try to find a good place to clip it mostly just because I was like oh hey I love this song and let's do it but I don't think it's terribly Lilithy I don't think the sound is very Lilithy I don't think the energy of the lyric is very Lilithy this is um this is much more of a um this is a uh, like prescriptive versus descriptive narrative, I would say, in the sense that like I think that the empowerment that sort of is in the Lilith verse waiting to be accessed um, at all times has already been brought on board this song. Um, which kind of exists outside of that collective, let us all join hands with our, you know, gazillion thumb and toe rings and, <laughs> and close the circle. All right, y'all, now it's time for a word from our sponsor at BetterHelp. Uh, Let's talk about taking care of your mind. There are lots of ways to do that. You can learn a new language. You can take a power nap. Or you can try therapy, which I can tell you from personal experience was incredibly valuable for me. I was in therapy for years, and I am so glad that I was. And BetterHelp is online therapy. You can pick your medium video, phone, even live chat only therapy sessions so that you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. And even better, it is far more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So if you are ready to try BetterHelp, here is all you have to do. Our listeners get 10% off on their first full month at BetterHelp by going to betterhelp.com slash Mark and Sarah. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash M-A-R-K-A-N-D-S-A-R-A-H. 
All right, thanks, BetterHelp. Back to the show. Um, so while this is one of my favorite songs in the chart, I think it's one of the least Lilithy. And with no disrespect to Doctor of Bops, Ferris, it is 17th place for me with only four points. You know, I get that. I you can you can make a stone groove that isn't very Lilithy, and there's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. And I do just want to give a shout out to another song of hers from the Love Jones soundtrack called Hopeless. Listeners, if you do not know that song and would like a pairing with I Know, listen to Hopeless. It is such a fucking great song. It's a slow jam, pairs beautifully with I Know. Dion Ferris was, I feel, unfortunately lost to history in a way. Yeah. I, she never even really released another album. Yeah, that's a, that's a shame for us all, but I'm so glad that we still have I Know because, I mean, one of these days we're going to do a most unmistakable opening riffs <laughs> season, and I think this song has to be in the conversation that like opening strum is like, oh, here we go, I know. summer of 94. God, it's so good. Yeah. That being said, I don't think the song is very Lilith-y either. Uh, there's just, it's almost like too funky to be Lilith. Mm-hmm. And it's too aggressive. Like you said, it's too prescriptive to be Lilith. Uh, there isn't a sense of community building, really. Like in a song like Where My Girl's At by 702, where she says, Where my girl's at? From the front to back. Well, is you feeling that? Put one hand up. Can you repeat that? Trying to take my man. See, I don't need that. Now that, <laughs> if you want to get down to brass tacks, is a similar theme similarly themed song that is also about the creation of a female community as i start to climb up my own scholarly ass but that feels a little bit more lilithy to me than this anyway point being i put this song in 13th place right uh with eight points which is honestly probably a little too high but you know when my booty's bopping side to side i can't necessarily it's uh, it's hard to separate love and lilithosity that's right that's exactly it, right. It is, it is our sworn mission, but we're not going to accomplish it every second. Um, the listeners were in between us. They put the song in 14th place, which gives it seven points from them. Mm. Uh, next, speaking of One Hit Wonders, we have Macy Gray, who is coming to us, of course, with what else? The song I Try. Now, this is not the only good song on her album on how life is. There are in fact quite a few good songs on there, including still why didn't you call me? And for my taste, the very, very bizarre, I committed murder, but <laughs> I try is the one that was the big hit. It reached the top five in the hot 100. And uh, really I think is the reason that Maisie Gray still performs concerts to this day. Boy, I need your touch.
I'm so glad you did that key change in the clip, Sarah. <laughs> it is the best part of a song that I don't really like that much. Um, I just don't. Her her vocalizations and also her timbre, like it's just not for me. Um, it's like if Bobby Blue Bland and Joey Lauren Adams had a singing child, and I don't want it. Um, and I didn't back then either off the top. Uh, that's my thoughts on the song. Um, but it is as Lilithy as that sort of Jamiroquai R&B style um, or that like that slice of time when all the whole top 10 sounded basically like this. Um, it's as Lilithy as a song like that can get. Um, I, I do like the, um, the personal individual, uh, nature of the narration. Um, I, I think that Macy Gray as an artist is sort of a, like, I wish she sounded a little different because the way her brain works, like I committed, I committed murder is a very weird song that I enjoy because of its weirdness. Yeah. Um, yes. And then like, but then lyrically this, this has a sort of you up thing <laughs> happening also. That's like, which season are we in again? I, I mean, I really struggled with what to do with this, but I do think it is slightly more Lilithy than I know without being that Lilithy. So it's 15th for me, six points. Well, Sarah Bunting, it's also 15th for me. I declare. <laughs> uh, I you're right declare. that this song is actually more moister than it is Lilithy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there could be an overlap there, but I don't ironically feel like there usually is. Yeah, th- I think that just the the for me one of the reasons I couldn't rank it much higher than this on the Lilith scale is that this is a song about still really needing the guy and we ain't fucking around with that at the Lilith fair. Like there have all been times when we still really need the man, but not at this festival. Right. Well, and you know, there's like needing the man to and then getting a vibrator and taking care of that. And then there's the heartbreak of not having the man, which is not the same thing. And yeah. that's more Lilithy, I I think, than this, which is a little bit more of a, you know, who's got a dick groove, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. Yes. But compared to some other songs, like how likely is a um, hacky sack to be flying through the air while this song is being performed. Slightly more likely than some. (laughs) Like, how likely is it that when you go to buy your organic kombucha and your vegan kale salad, you will be hearing this playing from someone's uh, hatchback? Slightly more likely than some. (laughs) Will it be drowned out by the sound of anklets with made of little bells? <laughs> Will the speakers make the flower in your Volkswagen Beetle's bud vase shake? How many sunflowers are you wearing? <laughs> and yes, we do count them if you've temporarily tattooed them on your body with henna. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How much henna is in your bloodstream right now? <laughs> Oh, 
Well, now I feel like it was all in this episode, Sarah, just a prelude to wait, what comes wait. next. What did the oh, where did the listeners put me? Sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. The listeners uh felt the song was even less Lilithy than we did, and they put it in eighteenth place Ooh. with a mere three points. Okay. A good thing I remembered to ask. Oh because Everything is about to be blotted out by the sunflower that is Lilith founder Sarah McLaughlin's I Will Remember You. I doubt we need a clip, but just in Casey's, here's one now. Clinging to a past that doesn't let me choose But once there was a darkness deep in endless Now, I realized I thought I was going to start weeping and then I was like, oh, no, it's good enough. That makes me ball every time. So maybe I can get through it. Good. Anyway, what were you going to say? So this is, I think, the perfect song to represent Sarah McLachlan in this uh, season, because I will remember you in its original form was the theme song to the movie The Brothers McMullen, which uh-huh. kids don't even ask your parents. But yeah, please don't. This is that version, though. Yeah, the, so that's, this is this is the original version of the song. It was, but um, and at that time, Sarah McLaughlin was a somewhat underground alternative artist who had sold a few million copies. To be fair, of her album "Fumbling Towards Ecstasy," but still had that quality of being an undiscovered gem. And mm-hmm. her music on her first three albums, which are "Touch," "Solace," and "Fumbling Towards Ecstasy," is. Um, very pleasing, I think, but also has some edges to it in the way that she talks about things and some of the musical choices that get made. There's a song called Possession that is on her album Fumbling Towards Ecstasy that is about a stalker that she had. And she sings it from his point of view about herself. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on in those albums and they're beautiful and good. And honestly, I think that Solace and Fumbling Towards Ecstasy are both like fantastic A plus albums. Then, uh, in the midst of Lilith Fair, she went from being someone who was popular but not a superstar to being an absolute superstar. Uh, The album Surfacing came out while she was on the road with the first iteration of the Lilith Fair. It sold 7 million copies in the United States alone, maybe 8 million. It launched two massive top five singles in Angel, which is now, of course, the song we associate with dead dogs that have to be saved. Oh, or God. Dying Dogs, that's the song that she sings in the ASPCA commercials, and the song Adia. Those were huge hits. And so then, uh, in the midst of another Lilith Summer, she released a live album called Mirrorball, which featured a live version of I Will Remember You, which was released as a single and made it all the way to number 14. So, I Will Remember You epitomizes her journey from slightly edgy, unknown artist to all-knowing Starbucks superstar. And I, for me, Sarah, this is not my favorite Sarah McLachlan song. I find this song to be a little toothless. 
it's a little vague. And I actually think this is maybe the exact song that people are talking about when they make fun of the Lilith Fair. Could be. The uh, the doo-doo-doo-doo backing vocals. Now, I can sing every word and have listened to this song a million times. And it's just I just feel like she's got better work out there. But that being said... This song is so Lilith to me, but not yeah. least because it's from the founder of the festival, but also because there's a smoothness, there's a slight, there's like an elegant sorrow in it. Is it about death or a breakup? Maybe it's both. You definitely are listening to this song when fireflies light up the sky. Maybe at this point you've put on your all organic products fleece, um, and. I think that that is a, all of those things make that song quite Lilithy. So for me, I put it in fourth place and gave it seventeen points. Um, Sarah McLaughlin, uh, I came to because the, she her song "Full of Grace" was playing over. Here's Buffy again, the um, second season finale of Buffy, when Buffy is like leaving town, staring out the window of the bus. Full of Grace is playing. Um, good enough is an absolute nose hair pull of an automatic weep oh, every time I hear it. I'm so glad good. we're not talking about it, but it's a beautiful song. Um, there are, and you know, Angel, like I have lurched for the uh, remote so many times to get away from these poor abandoned animals before I adopt even more of them and make my life more difficult. So this is a founder of the festival. The festival sort of is braided into her work product from that same time. Uh, This was a whole runner about Felicity's emotional state on Felicity, and it was on Buffy. So she's right in the center of that Venn with the WB. And this, like, the clip that I pulled that when she's saying, like, oh, you gave me life, like, her ability to get regret um acceptance and embrace of uh heartbreak as an informative um like g- generative force um to to have like sensual sadness is extremely lilith i think and just the quality of her voice and how much piano there is and like the gentle you know scuff of the drums like (laughs) this is maximum lilith which is why it's in first place for me with 20 points because i mean like is is this song from like overuse at graduation time probably seeming a little insipid to us now and you know, does she have better songs? Yes, and yes, but more Lilithy songs that I can get through without sobbing? No, I don't think she does. Will this stay in number one? I'm not sure, but that's where it is for me today. Well, listen, I get it, and again, I feel like I probably came across as disliking this song more than I actually do because. I certainly was driving around listening to this in the car in preparation for this episode. And you better believe I was singing aloud. I wasn't oh, yeah. singing. I wasn't like quietly singing along. I was like, so afraid to love you. <laughs> I yeah. was really getting into it. <laughs> I mean, the amount of mustard that I will put on the line clinging to a past that doesn't let me choose is heavy like it's german mustard at that point Mm -hmm. 
Yep, with the little the little pockets of seeds. That's mm-hmm. that's right. I'm so tired. But maybe I of McLaughlin first. <laughs> oh yeah, the that's McLaughlin first is lecker. Schnell. <laughs> Hold the clapper. Okay, so you and the listeners agree. They also put this song in first place. And I think it's worth noting that the listeners have had a different number one song in every episode, which just tells you how complicated it is to rank these tunes. Yeah, we are we are putting ourselves and all y'all through it. And thank you for <laughs> thank you for your patience and support. We're going to take a quick break, and through the magic of editing, it will sound like not much time at all while we do some math and come back with your new top 10. on the floor Living the scene out of her limousine Little Miss in a mini dress Living it up to die In a blink of the public eye Alright, welcome back everyone. So in our top 20, I'm going to be telling you where our new songs ranked if they were below the top 10 and then I will read the entire top 10 to you. So, I Try by Macy Gray comes in at number 18 this week, so Mm -hmm. I don't expect we'll be hearing much about that song again uh, this season. Then, coming in at number 16, or 16th place, I should say, is I Know. Then, in 13th place is Here With Me by Dido. Uh, (laughs) Now, our top 10. In 10th place we have interesting constant craving by katie lang has ah, bubbled up. i actually ranked her a little higher this week i bet that's why and i i think she's gonna float up for me too probably i sang that song at karaoke yesterday uh so i was high on my high on my mind at that time um in ninth place we have bitch by meredith brooks hmm in eighth place, down three, we have Hand in My Pocket by Alanis Morissette. In seventh place, we have Fuck and Run by Liz Fair. And in sixth place, entirely because of me putting in the second place this week, we have He Thinks He'll Keep Her by Mary Chapin Carpenter. Um, I'm going to say, Mary Chapin Carpenter, enjoy your one week <laughs> in the top ten. Uh, heart you, girl. Um, in fifth place, we have Come to My Window by Melissa Etheridge, Holding Strong. In fourth place, we have Cornflake Girl by Tori Amos. And now, depending on how you look at it, this is either a tie for third or a tie for second. But a tie for runner-up, either way. They were tied for number one last week, and this week they are tied for, let's say, second. Um, as Cool As I Am by Dar Williams and Galileo by Indigo Girls. Now, they are tied at 53 points apiece. And with 57 points, with two first place finishes in our component parts, 
We have I Will Remember You by Sarah McLaughlin. I don't think we will be able to forget about this song as the season progresses, Sarah. I feel like it's guaranteed a top five finish. I yeah, I absolutely can't imagine. I mean, granted, I I say this every week that it's like who could possibly dethrone Cornflake Girl, um, a founder <laughs> of the festival who was actually in it, maybe. But you know, Cornflake Girl is also gonna hang around like an unwanted raisin. So you know, this is why we, this is why they play the games. Like we yeah, keep saying so. This is, I mean, what a fascinating process, and especially to see what uh, you listeners are voting for and uh, everyone's sort of history with these songs, and uh, it's a delight. Actually, ranking them is a complete horror, and I hate it, (laughs) but um, we're halfway through. Hang in there, folks. Hydrate. Don't play too much hacky sack in direct sunlight. We got to do this again four more times. It's only going to get harder, but we're glad that you're along for the ride. Patreon.com slash Mastass to vote and comment. I hear you loud and clear through all the din and commotion. I hear you loud and clear. A constant ringing bell. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship. That's me and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at markandsarahtalkaboutsongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's markandsarah, with an H, talkaboutsongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastis Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Mastis. Thanks for listening. I feel you, baby These aren't fighting words, just a declaration I feel you Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.